My name is Ryan Miner. I'm the host of a Minor Detail podcast. I report on Maryland political news at a minordetail.com. A Minor Detail is a startup media outlet dedicated to bringing Marylanders a multimedia experience. Our platform is painstakingly fair. We're nonpartisan and independent. We're not beholden to donors or big advertisers. We're interested in the facts in every story. We're interested in finding the truth. This year, A Minor Detail and its podcast turns five years old. A Minor Detail covers trending Maryland political news. We keep politicians honest, we don't play favorites, and we certainly don't bullshit you. We encourage you to support local news, and it's up to you to decide how to use it and how to make sense of it. Now, let's talk about the news. We're back again at Dan's Tap House. It is Sunday. I'm looking at the date, October 18th. <laughs> Charlotte, I've lost track of time. Really. As have I. As have you. As have you. We are sitting at Dan's Tap House in the quarter window in Boonesboro, Maryland, a town that I know, I'm familiar with. I spent a lot of time here when I was growing up. I still think that this town is a great place, but today you held a... Joe Biden rally. We did. <laughs> a Joe Biden rally in a, tr- a traditionally conservative, culturally conservative Trump country. And Dan's Tap House is a welcoming, inclusive environment. And before we kick off, I wanted to talk to Charlotte again. We've talked to Charlotte many times on a Minor Detail podcast. I'm Ryan Miner, your host. Charlotte's with me back again. She's the own- she's co-owner <laughs> of Dan's Tap House, to the chagrin of some of these folks who came out today, right? That's correct. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Dan's Tap House back in June, we held an event, a podcast. You guys took a stance on Black Lives Matter. Right. You took a stance, and that's tough as a restaurant, as a business. And this this town, for a long time, it's a nice community to raise a family, but you got a lot of adverse reaction from people since then. And since then... You've gotten some nasty posts, and we'll, we'll get into that. But I'm trying today to make sense of why people are, are so afraid of you, why people are so angry with you, why people are so spiteful. And I think it's really important that we talk about this because it's important to understand politics in the context of small towns. Mm-hmm. And this is a small town. This is a culturally conservative area. There's no doubt that... Donald Trump is pervasive here in the support among this community, among Washington County, Western Maryland. So it's folks like myself in the media, local media, that want to maintain a semblance of sanity, but also make sense of what this means when a small business like yourself takes a position and how that position has impacted your business or impacted your relationships in the community and impacted the way that you operate. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to make sense of today. It, there's so much to talk about. We've talked before about the reaction to standing up for civil rights. And I want to start out by saying that Black Lives Matter, there's many different definitions of Black Lives Matter. But in the truest form, it's, it's an organization that was built to talk about systematic injustice inside of the criminal justice system as a result of a number of African Americans, our brothers and sisters of color, who have been shot, killed, harassed by 
a small, a very, very minimal fraction of police. And first of all, I want to ask you, Charlotte, you've been accused of being anti-police. Is Dan House and is Charlotte Oftenbrink and anybody else inside of this restaurant, are you anti-police? That is patently and categorically false on all levels um, to the point of almost being slanderous and how untrue it is. Why would people think that you are anti-police simply because you take a position in the and in support of Black Lives Matter, this movement, I've never gotten the sense that Black Lives Matter was anything but an organization, again, to champion, to call to mind, and to reflect on what has happened at, as a result of bad policing practices. Why is it that it's everything but that? Why, why are you getting this, this moniker attached to you? Why are people now saying, don't come to Dan's, she's anti-police? And by the way, never once ever have I heard anything from coming out of your mouth, your employees, or anybody else that you do not support local police. No. And Lo local, national, state, whatever. Absolutely. And, and in fact, it's just the opposite. Um, you know, when we had the shutdown, we were um, very quick to donate meals to first responders, including our local police. Um, we've offered discounts to first responders, including our local police. Um, we, we have have always supported our first responders. Um, I, I, I think that I think that it's very easy to make it an either or proposition where you know if you believe this then you must not believe that. And the reality is um, you know a lot of these social justice issues are just more nuanced than that. Um, and it's really intellectually dishonest to to oversimplify in that way. And I think that people do that because they just don't want to actually take a good hard look. It's, it's so much easier to just make it either or, you're bad, you're good, and, and that's, it's just not so. Why take a position at all as a restaurant owner? You know, the, you know the downfalls of that. You know what comes with taking a position on an issue, especially in a culturally conservative area, and putting your business front and center. How has that impacted you? Well, the reason that we did it is because it feels like, and I believe it is just the right thing to do. Um, you know, the, I am in a position of, of privilege, and I have a platform, and I think that when you have that, you use it to speak out for, for people who don't have that privilege or, or platform. Um, and I feel that, you know, within that responsibility, um, I'll be blunt, you know, there are some there are some bullies in this area and there are some bullies that intimidate people who maybe would otherwise speak out. And I feel that when we do something like speak out, it gives others the courage to believe, hey, there are good people out there. Um, and that's that's something that was important to me. It's important to to us as an establishment is to be inclusive and welcoming and, and say that we're welcoming to all. You've taken a lot of heat from people online and they've gotten personal with you. They've brought up they brought up your ex-husband, Dan, who is co-owner. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And just so I, anybody who's watching and will listen on the podcast, I, I don't want to speak for you, but Charlotte and Dan are good friends of mine. I know them well. They have a great relationship. You have two children together. and we, He's it, home with them right now. He's home with them right now. <laughs> That's good. My wife is in Florida, and our kids are in Bethesda right now. And I hear it too, Charlotte. They say... What are you doing still hanging around here, Minor? You don't live here anymore. There's, there's Susan. Susan from uh, Comptroller Peter Franco's office. It's her director, his director of communications. We are. Hi, Susan. 
Yes. Peter Francho, who was especially relevant and, and important back during the middle of COVID when you couldn't necessarily deliver beer. Is that right? You could. Well, there was, so we started off with zero takeout delivery of alcohol at all, and then it was factory sealed, and that's when I, I called and, and uh, networked through social media and said, can you help us? And, and they swiftly remedied that problem and saved us. And the Comptroller's Office regulates uh, beer and liquor. Is that right? They regulate? They regulate the taxation and the state laws on alcohol, yes. Yes. Often to the, the chagrin of the legislature. <laughs> but Peter Francho's office, the Comptroller's office, constitutionally is responsible for this, at least for now. <laughs> and Susan over here is his wonderful director of communications. Is that the right title? I never know what. She's all around. She does everything. So everything. She does a little bit of everything. Thank you so much for coming out. And the Comptroller's office has not only helped Dan's Restaurant and Tap House, they've helped many businesses all throughout the state of Maryland. Breweries. Breweries. That's a big push. To navigate through the complexities of COVID, especially right now when people are, businesses are struggling and they've gone to bat for them. They work with local lawmakers, local officials. And so it's been a team effort, um, and it's something that we can say that gov- we champion when government works the right way. Yes. And this is one of those nonpartisan, bipartisan, whatever you want to call it, issues where it just worked. So, so hi, Susan. I'm going to go sit down and order. She's going to order. She came all the way up from Annapolis. I did. I came to the AT. Annapolis. We hiked about five miles on the Appalachian Trail. Oh, that's nice. Got and dirty. Beautiful. And now we're here to eat. It's awesome. I've got a hell of a menu here. I'll come out and say hi when we're finished. Good to see you. Oh, I would love to. Good folks. Good people. Glad to to have this. I'm I'm sure that you were pleased when they came in and helped you out. Um, Very grateful. um, Genuinely sweet, good-hearted people. Good-hearted people. Very good-hearted people. I can think of one in particular. Again, you've taken a lot of personal heat. So here's the thing, right? You've come into this town... You're sort of an outsider. You moved in right down the road. You have two, you have four kids. Everybody's social distance. We're online learning. You're a business owner, a female business owner, and it's um, and you've taken a, a stance that a lot of folks in here have found to be diametrically opposed to their personal views. It wasn't offensive, but you actually stood up for yourself. And when people have come at you online, you've you've pushed back, not. Not in a way that was spiteful or mean or hateful. I, you defended yourself, and sometimes you went on offense. I have recognized that you have been targeted often by not only local officials. I, I have to say, State Senator Paul Quarterman, who I'm not sure what happened to him. I'm not sure what has become of him. In private, Paul Quarterman will, he will loathe people like Neil Parrott. He, he said that to me. I mean, he said, I can't stand Neil. In public, he is quite possibly one of the biggest political cowards I have ever met. Someone who should stand up for a business, who should put politics aside and say, I'm going to come down and support you. I don't know what happened to Paul Quarterman. Have you gotten support from your local state delegation, Neil Parrott or Bill Weivel? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. None. No. How about any of the five all-male county commissioners? No, and in fact, um, I, I 
sent them as well as publishing an open letter um, calling for some some positive change around um, diversity around education because I think education is so important it's a cornerstone to um, making places more inclusive and I it's been radio silence the thought would be why is this uppity white lady coming into our town and making waves they should just shut up and be quiet we see that online frequently from commentors who mm -hmm. say Dan's Tap House is losing business. Is that true? Are you losing business no. because of your stance? No, that's absolutely not true. I'm sure I've seen this place packed to the, uh, to not capacity because you can't be at capacity. Seventy-five percent. <laughs> um, you've you've also been targeted, um, for being formerly Nora Roberts' daughter-in-law. I'm not going to go into that. But it is, it has happened, and I, to my knowledge, Nora hasn't had any involvement in this process. No, no, and 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 as it as it should be, our our entity is a separate entity, and you know that would not be fair to put on on anybody. I mean, this is myself and Dan, and Dan's restaurant and tap house, and we speak for ourselves. I've also seen some aggressive posts aimed at you over the last couple of months from the chairman of the Washington County Republican Central Committee, Jerry DeWolf, who has a prominent political position in this county. Mm -hmm. he, he leads a central committee of nine Republicans, and not only have they attacked you personally, mm -hmm. they, have, they have, in effect, encouraged people to not only not patronize this business, but basically to destroy it. Mm -hmm. How has Jerry DeWolf made you feel as a in his position? What is some of the things that he has said? And are you are you concerned at all? Well, I mean, I have to be honest with you. Um, you know, when when someone in a prominent you know position um, in this local environment is so aggressive and so hostile, and you know, to the point of a creating a completely false narrative. Um, it's really kind of unhinged. I'm, I'm unsettled by the fact that it's so unhinged um, because I think it's fine to have political differences and you can have a discussion around that, but that's not what this is. This is, you know, almost like a, a, a rabid attack. And, um, you know, I mean, I, like I had said, he was a busy bee yesterday um, creating a false narrative about our event today, which, as you've seen, has been peaceful and, well, you know. Uh, yeah. Solidarity. Are you concerned about Jerry DeWolf's behavior personally and the impact that his behavior would have on others? I, I absolutely am. I mean, as a business owner, as a single woman, as a, as a single mother, um, and a female business owner in a small town, um, some of the, the frenzy and hostility that he whips up, I mean, he, he has made me feel unsafe in this town. Um, Physically? I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't put it out of the question as we've, we've had private conversations and I've said I, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm a, I'm a little nervous. I, I don't know what... Jerry DeWolf is someone who takes drive-by hits on social media. Again, someone who is disreputable. Um, it, thing with Mr. DeWolf is nobody takes him seriously downstate. Um, he's considered by the state party officials as one of the um, intellectually lacking 
the Washington County has never been a strong Republican central committee, and he's he's gotten some power. And um, I don't I don't want even really want to talk too much about him because he's just so inconsequential and irrelevant in a grand scheme. But when when I hear from you, from a small business owner, a female small business owner, nonetheless. That feels physically unsafe by the attacks of a sitting elected official. He's it's, an elected. It's, it's what he's trying. It's what he, in whipping up, um, his, his 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 base. It's what he could provoke that frightens me. Right. And, and I, I, you know, I, I think he knows full well what he's doing. And have you know, they told the truth about this business? No, absolutely not. And and that too. Can you give me an example? Uh, well, you know, saying that we are anti-law enforcement, right. or saying that um, I'm the radical left, or um, are you know, you, what does the radical left mean to you? Are you? I, I don't under. I, obviously, we know what the left is, but everyone has a different definition. How how do you classify yourself as a as, as in, in a political context? I, I, so so again, everything, and and I have, I feel like ad nauseum have gone over this and I feel like if you look at my messaging and the messaging from the tap house we have been very consistent um, we you know up until recently haven't even taken a political stance our entire stance is really just about human decency and social justice and equality and kindness and I feel like I've said that again and again and I'm not sure you know it's in our writings it's in the things that we've spoken about in podcasts it's in the way that we treat our customers and i i'm just you know appalled that it's being misconstrued because i don't know what there even is to misconstrue these are human decency values that we're promoting why do you think that so many people are angry with you is it because first of all you you're not someone that lays down easily to take you know, you've taken a lot of punches, but you've also hit back in a way. You, you've given it back, especially on social media. You are active. But it has to be exhausting sometimes. It's incredibly exhausting. Is there anything that you could have done, I guess, can you do better as a business owner to, to at least communicate what this message is in a way that people would understand better? Where do you think that you may have fallen short on that? Well, I mean, I, I would, I, you know, I think everyone has room for growth and, and room to better themselves and to better their messaging. And, and, you know, that's just part of the process of being a business owner or being and someone a human in the community being. and a human, right. We so, evolve. Right. So, so none of us could say, oh, no, there's nothing I could do differently. Um, you know, but I do feel, I, I do feel that we have been very clear um, from day one on our messaging. I, I think I think one of the I think there's been an attempt to look to find something all along and you know we did have the unfortunate thing happen um, that a group that we are you know not affiliated with we are not connected with but they do support us and I appreciate the support but they in advertising what we were doing today they used a hashtag um, that to be honest with you I had to actually go look up what it meant when, when I started seeing, you know, to do about it. I had to look it up. I didn't know what it meant. It was something about all cops being, is it bastards? Yes. That's the That's hashtag. That's the hashtag. I'm, I'm repeating that verbatim. Of, and then you reached out to that person who put the hashtag up. Yes. As that, soon as I understood what it was, the first thing that I did was reach out and say, listen, like, that is not our stance. We don't agree with that. I have to denounce that. Um, you know, I would like you to take it down, and I really need you to clarify and apologize. And 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 they mm -hmm. did. Why is it that it has to be a mutually exclusive proposition to 
if to support Black Lives Matter and police. It's like you can't do both at the same time, but you you can. That's that's where we stand. Right. And know? why is it that you? Why is it that so many people believe? that you're anti-law enforcement. You've never made a comment on the record. You've never said anything to me to suggest that. And anybody who knows you on your staff can also vouch and they can speak for themselves. But again, you've said it here today on this podcast, on this broadcast, you're not, you support local fire EMS. And Black Lives Matter is about calling to mind the systematic injustices inside of police. And I want to just highlight an incident today. I was taking video of the the very positive rally that you had. And I will say, everybody was kind and gracious. There was no shenanigans. No other than the trucks that went by and blew smoke into the right. meals of the diners. They did. And that's that was unfortunate. I think police were contacted. But one local Boonesboro police officer had approached me in a very aggressive way when I was standing there minding my own business on the other side and I was taking video. And he and I asked him, can I help you? And he proceeded to say, you will listen to me. No, sir. First of all, if I'm not being detained, if I have no business with you, I don't have to tell you my name. I don't have to communicate with you. I will be polite. But... Imagine what a person of color has to go through. And he was very aggressive with me. And I have to say, they haven't been necessarily helpful in the in this community. I know you've reached out. I mean, and I, I have, and I, you know, and I, there we have one um, particular detractor on social media who's come out several times. Not even worth mentioning. You know, this no, name. no, and they, you know, have made it very clear. You know, well, the the local police hate Charlotte and hate the Tap House and. You know, that's really, again, and I mean, it is hurtful and it's unfortunate, you know, and I even, things uh, things said like, well, I hope that they don't help you if you need it. And, you know, it's just, again, wh why are we going to the lowest common denominator rather than having civil discussion? Because we, we all we are calling for is a conversation, mm -hmm. a conversation. Have you, have you, let me back up my thought. The police officer, and I said, look, sir, I'm. I'm here. It's all on video. You'll, you, you will see it. I'm going to post it. The officer also wasn't wearing a mask, which is bizarre, okay? We're six feet apart. Mm -hmm. On the camera, you will see. Charlotte and I are six feet apart. We took our masks off, and everyone who came out to support Vice President Biden's presidential campaign today were wearing a mask. In the, yes. the and we actually distributed um, one of my dear friends uh, made homemade masks. She's tested like this, you know, she's chemistry and biology and physics and she she knows the standards of what makes them safe mm. tested them and actually we gave them out as favors well that was that's good and everyone should wear a mask at, at this time but the police officer was outside i asked him i said can i understand why you're not and he said well that's i'm not going to tell you that I, and he walked away and that's fine that's his you know, he, he wanted to come over to me and basically say, hey, you shouldn't be over here causing problems. That was my interpretation mm -hmm. of that. Well, I have um, a, another friend of mine who, once we had come inside, came in and let me know that that, that same person um, had been patting the back of the, the person who's been online saying that the police yeah. hate us, rubbing her back. And then um, 
my friend also questioned the same thing. Why aren't you wearing a mask? They really I'm should. I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable with I'm that. I'm a bit uncomfortable with that, and I think it's something that we have to look into as in the community to understand why they aren't wearing masks outside, even though there's a crowd of people. One side of the crowd was wearing masks. The other side was not. He was around people not wearing a mask. I would think that he would want to protect himself. So I, I don't know who they, the authority is that they report to, but... I'm imagining that I, I, I presume that um, Brian Frosch's our state attorney general's office would have a better understanding of that. So it might be prudent to to reach out to them. I know that I plan to better understand who to whom they report. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think it's important that they wear a mask. And I know they're going to say you're just being a Karen. You know, it's a, a term that people use. But this is serious. Everybody should be a proper. If you are in a crowd of people. It doesn't matter. You should be wearing a mask. Well, again, I mean, if we if we really take this down, like, let's let, you know, I realize that this is a new virus, and I realize that this is evolving information, mm-hmm. but let's just say by you wearing a mask, there is a 50% less likely chance that you would infect someone else. Right. Not just about yourself, but about protecting others. If there is a chance that you would protect someone else, why wouldn't you do that? Well, first of all, they do not, the, that side does not, embrace science they don't understand it nor do they believe it because their own president who is um, we're not even sure if he is covid negative or not because his doctors have lied to us repeatedly about his condition he was covid positive he did go to walter reed his oxygen levels we do know were low and we know that his wife he was at an event a few weeks ago that was a super spreader event Mm -hmm. and they've my understanding in hearing them that wearing this mask is a infringement on their individual liberties that they're going to die anyway if they get it they get it but i don't think that they quite understand the dramatic it's it's so important that they do understand that this virus has killed so many people unnecessarily so in this country and I think that it, leadership coming from the top, and they look at President Trump as all, it's like a strong man. And there's another, there's a whole, I'd love to have a, a psychiatrist come on, or a psychologist, or a sociologist to come on and basically unwind the psyche mm-hmm. of, a, of a supporter of this president, right? Mm-hmm. They see him as a strong man. He's not, he's very weak. But I, again, again, like, what, what is missing there is I, I understand the individual liberties and they feel he's defending their individual liberties and I don't think that anybody is trying to take away individual liberties but no, they're trying it's, to protect it's about things. kindness to others what, where, why again when we talk about what's mutually exclusive why is it that individual liberty can't, can't align with kindness to others uh, and that's where we're at here and, and you know from the top down as you said um, it's just a total lack of respect for, for other people mm-hmm. and the good of other people. What are some of the other, I guess, disturbances, annoyances, or I, I, I even think it's a bit, watching this from outside, I think it's a bit of, of a, a, a herd mentality against you. You've, you've been the target of a lot of online bullying and harassment. Mm-hmm. And... Do you think that it's going to stop anytime soon? I, I, I don't anticipate that it will. No, I don't. Um, and I, you know, I would, 
be concerned that it would get worse. Are you going to continue speaking out? Yes. As, as I told one of the people who has continued to harass me, I will not stop standing up for what I believe in. What do you, what do you think they want? Well, I think they would like... Oh, I think Jerry DeWolf would like to drive us out of business mm-hmm. so that he can say he won. Or, you know, as one of them said, we need to, I don't care who she is, we need to drive her out of town. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, one person yesterday called upon the KKK to show up to this yes. event. Yes. I've, I've had one um, on Friday research my personal cell phone number after making insulting uh, comments about my appearance and my marital status on our public Tap House Facebook page. They, they researched your personal cell phone number and started harass calling me. And this was a female. Yes. I'm really sorry that happens. And you have two. Ch- you have four children that you're looking after. Well, it's it's what you said. Every time that this happens, and and my now very good friend Chris Irvin said to me, remember, every time this happens, remember what's happened all through history to make positive change. Today, there was talk online. People were being bussed up here. Uh, I didn't see any buses. I didn't see any charter buses or yellow school buses. Charlotte, did the folks who came up here, were they, were they bussed en masse? <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, that's hysteria. That's hysteria. These are, these are educated, intelligent professionals from other parts of the state who are friends of mine, personal friends of mine. That you invited to lunch. Correct. And to hold a, a positive, very happy, to me, I mean, that's the, the sentiment that I, that, I, that I got, that you were going to hold a, a sign-waving party for Vice President Biden. Right, as, as um, Trump supporters did last weekend. Exactly, and they do it often, and that's their right, that's their freedom to do so. They, made, they manufactured that this narrative that you were busing black lives matter and there's undertones there mm-hmm. from and, and Baltimore. Antifa. There were things circled that said Antifa. Antifa in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Do you condemn Antifa? I am not Antifa. That's that's what I would say. Well, if I, you're an anti-fascist then you can join the millions of World War II veterans. That, well that is true. Right. That is absolutely true. But as far as I think what I'm trying to say is I, I'm not. I'm not part of some um, nefarious underground organization, you know, that they've spun Antifa into being. Because, as you said, I mean, we should all be anti-fascist, right. should we not? But you do recognize that some of the Antifa members throughout this country, in Portland and other major cities, that they have been violent. Of course. Yeah. Yes. I wholeheartedly, anyone on either side who is violent or incites vandalism, I would condemn that. You know, I, I don't condemn um, standing for freedom. I do condemn violence, vandalism, threats, mm-hmm. uh, bullying, intimidation. Why all of do that. we hear f- about Antifa instead of hearing about people like Breonna Taylor, who was murdered? Why are we not hearing about the racial injustice inside of our American police forces, where we know it exists, we know it's there, there is monumental data to prove it to to show it these are facts well we've gotten i think unfortunately away from facts and and data and that's one of the things that's become such a problem 
is it's this alternate reality. I agree, and I think that it's important that we we talk openly and honestly. That's why I use this program to talk about it, mm -hmm. to talk about hard issues. I've been attacked personally many times. People will watch this and they'll pull up old stuff from my past and they'll say, but they never want to address the issues at hand. They no. never want to talk about policy. That's fine. And I don't portend to be um, someone that is of high, you know, great esteem. No, but I am a dedicated husband. I am a dedicated father. And I am someone who believes in character. I have evolved in my life as you have evolved as other people. We've all made mistakes in the past, but the past is the past. It's behind us. What's most troubling the people whom are most religious mm. and wear that on their sleeves mm -hmm. are some of the same people who are the most hurtful online. Oh, I, I had one, and this one was particularly frightening and disturbing. I had one come on after last weekend's Trump rally um, and attack me personally and started posting things so disturbing. Disturbing image, images of aborted fetuses and one of them and this just you know I knew it was a personal stab it she said look it's twins and I was like horrified but you have twins I because I have twins and I'm like well, first of all last weekend had nothing to do with pro-life pro choice pro that that wasn't what it was even about so I'm not sure why that bled into the narrative um, and continued to post disturbing image after di disturbing image and I finally had to block her because she started messaging mm -hmm. Things. Let me ask you. It's terrifying. Some of the detractor, the detractors that you have, have they ever personally reached out to you and say, Charlotte, I would love to sit down with you at the tap house and explain my point of view. So that way, we, while I have a different opinion and a different approach than you do, I mm -hmm. would like to share that why I believe what I believe and better understand why you believe what you believe. Has that ever happened? No, and that and I would welcome that. And I think, again, if you look at our messaging and you look at the things I've said, I've asked for that. Mm -hmm. Again, growth comes from dialogue. It's hard to do that in this political climate, right? It is. I mean, I understand it's very contentious. I understand that, and I understand that things are very divisive. Rational discourse is the hallmark of democracy. So when we get away from that, we are losing our democracy. Right. I'm guilty of times of using social media in a way that has been unproductive. I have said things that I regret to people, and I, and I own that. I take ownership of that, and I step back and say, what can you do to improve the conversation? Mm -hmm. What can you do to elevate the tone mm -hmm. and to put aside your feelings on their approach and better understand it from their perspective? Mm -hmm. There have been times. Sometimes you just have to laugh at the, the comments because they're so outrageous, illogical, they're not rooted in any fact. Mm -hmm. How do you, you, you can't fight back against that. No. And it's not even worth trying no. at times. But you have been, a again, you have been a target by people in this community who have uh, gotten very personal. And, mm -hmm. and I know that you, you're, you know, you remind me a lot of my wife because she is, she is fierce. She doesn't, she doesn't take things too personally. But every once in a while, I know that this has to hurt sometimes. It absolutely hurts. It absolutely hurts. But at the same time, I hold firm to the belief that I have said many times over. It is, to me, I believe it is the right thing to do. People won't still understand that. They say, you're a business, just be quiet. This is, they've said it many times. Oh, this over is and over. Trump, this is Trump country. Why are you, mm -hmm. why are you doing this? Why should, she's losing business. 
they don't I'll, see your books. No, and I'll <laughs> actually, and I'll tell you why. And I'll tell, and 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 it's become so clear over the last several months. I can't tell you the number of people who've reached out to me and said, "Thank you." I didn't know that Boonesboro was safe for me before. Thank you for making me feel like I have a welcome place to go. Or personal stories of this happened to me or this happened to my friend. We didn't come to Boonesboro because this, this, this. And now they feel that they have an inclusive place that's welcoming. That's why when I hear stories like that and I realize, like, you know, there is the hate, but we are bringing support and love to some people. What can Dan's tap pals do to push back and mitigate the hate? You're going to have people who are going to be insensitive. Mm-hmm. There's many of the folks out here today that they're not interested in a conversation. No, and you know, and, and I will say this too. I really don't like being dis- when people are disingenuous and they hide what is really there behind something else. Because I've stood on our own patio speaking to friends of mine, black friends that have come for dinner. Yeah. And I, I've heard firsthand the things that have been screamed from trucks. And I've heard one table have to tell another table, be safe getting out of here. It and that makes my stomach turn. It shouldn't be like that in no, this town. No, and that's why we keep doing what we're doing, because that's wrong. And I'm sorry, when I saw that yesterday, somebody said, let's invite the KKK. It's disgusting. The KKK an actual terrorist organization. Right. They want to classify Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and it's always deflection. It's never, always. It's not addressing what their side is doing. It's not addressing their own behavior. It's saying, well, but what about? What mm-hmm. about? But what about Hunter Biden and the mm-hmm. emails? What about, okay, well, what about Rudy Giuliani illegally obtaining this information and allegedly only sharing the alleged emails with one media outlet who is owned by Rupert Murdoch. I mean, it's a rabbit hole. It, exactly. There's no sense sometimes in just unwinding mm-hmm. their thought patterns. I, you want to understand, why do you believe what you do? Mm-hmm. It is a function of our politics, but I've never seen it this brokered before. No. Never. No. Even when I was in college, when I was an undergraduate political science major, we learned about how this nation formed and about how political factions are, are cohesive. The generations of moving through, through, through history, through culture, how culture is shaped by mm-hmm. politics. Culture, mm-hmm. is the po- culture is the talk beneath the politics. Mm-hmm. And right now, it's not politics that I think we need to be concerned about. It's morality. It's not only morality, I think it's culture. Yes. Because yes. there's a culture of, of personality around one person mm-hmm. who has thousands, millions of followers. And this is a cult. And unless we call it what it is, first of all, to, to fix a problem, you have to first define what, yes. it, what it is. Absolutely. There are things that this man could do. And Donald Trump has done horrendous things in his life. It, we could list a litany, and it, but it's not worth it because no matter what we say, we no matter what we show that is fact, no matter how much he owes to a foreign nation, no matter how many foreign leaders he asks to do a favor. And think about that. The leader of our country, in a desperate move, asked the president of another country to do him a political favor mm-hmm. to dig up information on his political rival. Never in the history of this country have we seen something as egregious as that. And yet, it's phony. It's a witch. It's breathtaking that we are at this juncture in our country. And it, I think 
Charlotte, it goes far beyond politics. It does. This is not politics. No. This, this is a existential problem. It is. It and is. This is whether or not the democracy survives or not. To give you an example, so last weekend when, when the Trump rally was happening, some of them, not all, some of them were chanting, started as four more years. And then I heard eight more years, 12 more years. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you realize that is against everything in the Constitution. But they just... You know, it's okay when it's when it's this strong man, as you said. It's okay. Like the ideals of our democracy go out the window for this cult leader. I, I saw a meme last night that truly broke my heart, and I shared this with you. It was a meme that was posted by a Washington County sheriff. Oh, yeah. A police officer, a law enforcement officer, who posted a picture of Donald Trump's children. Ivanka, Eric, and Donald Jr. And the meme, and I'm paraphrasing, said something about you got to look at someone's parenting style to see how their children turn out. And it had a picture beneath Trump's children, you know, who were dressed in prim and proper. And you, and it was of Hunter Biden with a, a alleged pictures of Hunter, because we're not even sure if they're real. Right of him with a crack pipe and I I looked at that and it and I said to myself is this is this where we are in our country a police officer mm -hmm. using politics to make a point about someone's children and to disregard addiction issues it's where are we where are we in this country where Someone is belittling, a police officer no less, addiction issues. And I don't want to give this person's name because they're not here. That's not fair for them to defend themselves. I've known this person for almost 30 years of my life, and I'm 34. I've known this, kid, this guy since I was a little boy. Family friends. Mm -hmm. It's heartbreaking to think that you would go so low as to ridicule someone for having an addiction problem. That's where we are, and it's never been about policy. Sure, we can talk about corporate tax rates. I would love to talk about corporate tax rates. I'd love to talk about science. I would love to talk about climate change and our tax code. I would just, I would bask in the opportunity to sit down and have a long-term discussion with a policy education expert. Of course. Right? Of course. These are, these are issues that I, do, I care deeply about, that I'm passionate about. I would love to talk about civil liberties and our justice system criminal justice reform and to Trump's credit there he did pass a plan he did work that was a that was one of the more shining examples of bipartisanship in the last couple of years he worked to pass a, a, a bipartisan criminal justice package Democrats and Republicans and why is it that we we can talk about the things that Republicans and Democrats do that we agree with that are important but when someone like him is of such low character mm -hmm. it's hard to get past that for me, it is. Well, it's, and it's reflected. I mean, if you, again, we've talked about rational discourse and, and what we should be talking about. But if you look, let's let's talk about the um, Washington County Republican Central Committee's page. Ray Foltz. Oh, but but not just that. Um, just just as, as we were being accused of busing violent radical leftists, they're posting That's pictures of an effigy uh, of, Joe of Joe Biden. Biden. Strung and up on on ropes and celebrating that as being patriots. They did the same thing to Obama. Can you imagine? Patriots. Not that I would ever do that, but can you imagine doing that to an a, an effigy of Trump? We, I mean, no, it would be wrong. And when people said outright that 
the president of the United States should die. I thought that that was wrong. I did. I, you shouldn't say that. Because even though I have so little respect for him as a person, because he does not command respect, he does not earn my respect. He's the president by the grace of... The Electoral far, College. Yes, and now we know foreign interference. Right. And Roger Stone and Steve Bannon. He's the president. To me, it stops there. I don't have respect for him. No. How do you have respect for someone who sits on a stage and looks, I, I think it was Chuck Todd, and says, well, he's not a war hero, talking about John McCain. Five and a half years in a Vietnamese prison camp. I like people who weren't caught. What about, I, I, yeah, I mean, we could play the what, the what about game. I thought that this was over at the Access Hollywood. I did. I thought, this, this, how did this country allow someone of such low character? And it's always, well, what about Hillary Clinton? Well, what about her? Hillary Clinton is by no means perfect. She embodied the Washington machine for years. But this is where we are. Susan can tell you that she sees politics. Oh, no, never. She doesn't see. But even at the state level, it's the Maryland GOP used to be a functioning apparatus where they supported reasonable people. And now they are led by a two-bit dime store hack. I'm just worried about our country, that if we don't get a grapple on this, if we don't get back to some normal, I don't know. I mean, you can't look at the opposing side that, the, that they're nefarious and evil. But then again, when the opposing side are doing outrageous things, I mean, what McConnell has done, he will single-handedly go down as one of the greatest enablers of the downfall of democracy mm -hmm. if this guy is reelected. And what's worse, it's, you know, Trump is who he is. And they all know, the Republicans know that he's bad, like fundamentally bad. They enable him because they are so intellectually weak and cowardly that they are more afraid of standing up to their voting base yes. and losing an election rather than standing up, pledge allegiance to this country. Right. We see Trump flags that stand higher than the American flag. Mm -hmm. That's a problem in our country. Uh, there's a flag flying just... Two, not even two blocks behind the tap Susan, house. Susan, sleep. Thank you so much. For Are you leaving? Out. Okay. I'm tired, but I had a very lovely lunch. Awesome. And there's more people beeping and hollering in support of you than against you. Oh. So I have faith. I gotta give you a call sometime. Okay. That's awesome. Is awesome. that Tom Roof? <laughs> Tom Roof of the Washington County United. Them. We're almost finished, yeah. Tom. I promise. <laughs> Thank you so much. What I a, definitely will. What a showing okay. today. Unbelievable. Um, you can call call me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. good Thank to you see so you. much. Good to see you, Tom. Hard working activist. Good He's guy. Awesome. Oh yeah. So so what I was saying is um less than two blocks away behind the tap house and across from a church, ironically enough, there is a Trump flag and it says Trump twenty twenty F although it says the whole thing, your feelings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you look at that, I'm like, is that the, these people who, who are about these Christian values, who, who, who are about American values, is, that, is, is F your feelings an American value? Because I think the problem, and that's, again, what we've been standing for here when I keep saying human decency, when you say F your feelings, like people are losing their hearts. And that's what we have been trying repeatedly to, to stand for is, again, there is an element of kindness and decency that has just been so lost in this bandwagoning of hate. And I agree. There's two moments that stand out to me particularly, well, a couple. 
in this last four years, June 1st of this year, when the President of the United States of America orchestrated and asked his people to use rubber bullets in mm. Lafayette Park to mm -hmm. clear out the protests mm -hmm. after George, and this was after George Floyd was was killed in Minneapolis, mm -hmm. and he walks out and stands in front of a sacred church that has so much political history that this president wouldn't even begin to understand. The Episcopal Church kind of quartered to the White House and holds a Bible upside down. It was one of the most disgraceful low moments I have ever seen in this country. And it continues to happen. Mm -hmm. This president, the other night, on national television, refused to condemn QAnon. QAnon, a cult. He's refused to condemn white supremacy. White supremacy. QAnon supporters are out there. They're all over the place. It's weird. It's fictional. It's harmful. Where are people in their lives that they have to embrace a conspiracy theory mm -hmm. to, get a grap to get a grasp of what is happening in politics? Think about this. A, an underground force to defeat pedophilia and Trump is somehow the secret savior sent by God only knows, and then there's some sort of internet purveyor or mystical creature leaving behind Q. This is, this is you could not write a, a storybook. Of, you there, no. there couldn't write a, a, ser a television series more real than this. This is dangerous. Somebody showed up to, to Comet Ping Pong Pizza down in Washington, D.C. with a gun because they believed that Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman, John Podesta, was running an underground sex ring. Well, and to your point, when you have these sorts of individuals out there, what's equally disturbing is when you have leadership, not just Trump, but let's take DeWolf here at the Central Committee, when you have leadership who, who relishes whipping up and inciting those sort, and you know, he can, oh, I did and I didn't, but like, you again, you only need to look at the page he has a responsibility as a leader to to be a leader but instead he's inciting this sort of things and this is why i said i feel personally fearful mm -hmm. because that's the kind of thing that could happen here yeah. you know and when you're a leader when you're encouraging and, and enabling that sort of behavior and celebrating it that's a terrifying the, thing the folks that are listening or watching who disagree i guarantee you what you will hear is she's whining oh and she's poor her she's a victim oh yes and that's that is not how i feel I, i'm just saying it's wrong to do what he's doing a leader of the washington county republican central committee someone who used was a congressional campaign campaign manager to terry baker a current county commissioner someone who chaired a nonpartisan board of education selection committee talk about i mean look at this current and here we are again here we are again and by the way what jackie fisher said and i know jackie fisher really well what she said was wrong and she did the right thing and resigned and i know that she felt very passionate about her politics but in her position she did the right thing, didn't mm -hmm. you? But she had the courage and conviction to know that her mistake would prevent her from being an effective champion of education. And she was, so she made that tough decision to mm -hmm. resign. And I don't think anybody disputes that. She stepped sure. in. And, sure, And I'm, you know, I'm not going to judge, but what about some of the other local leaders that have right. made similar errors and mistakes? And, and yet, I mean, we, we had to... 
I mean, leveraging positions of power against private citizens, business owner or otherwise, is pretty reprehensible. For a political party who is known, at least it's part of their party platform, to support small businesses. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that they had to preface that with or that there was a, um, a, a statement... Um, an asterisk next to that point mm -hmm. that only small business for whom we agree with, right? Right, correct. Small businesses that we support. That's where we are so <laughs> divided in this country. And the thing is, is that once, and if Trump loses, then I do think that there is the opportunity to get back to some sort of normality. I guarantee you, that the Republican senators who enable him, they're going to ditch him oh, I, so I, fast mm -hmm. because that brand will be so badly damaged. And at 12:00, if he loses on January 20th at 12:01 p.m., Donald J. Trump will become a criminal defendant. And take your pick on mm -hmm. what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. He's going to become a criminal defendant. Mm -hmm. It, it's, it's. It, it's bound to happen. His tax returns. Who does he owe four hundred plus million dollars to, in a, to a foreign nation? Who does he owe the money to? Right. And I have to give extreme cr credit to Savannah Guthrie. Yes, on Wednesday yes. evening during his town hall. And what does the internet Trump supporters do? They go and at they attack her appearance. They attack her looks. They attack that she was mean. That it was terrible. She was hysterical. Hmm, that's a common. That's a common trope used oh. against women, right? Oh, yes. Hysterical. Hysterical. Unhinged. Yes. Crazy. Whiny. Well, I have a feeling that Dan's Tap House is going to plow right through this. You have a tough exterior. And I know that these, these torments, they get under your skin at times. And I can't say that it wouldn't bother me either. I've, I've been there. I mean, not where... In a similar way, I know what it's like. I know I've been there. I've been the receiving. And some of these things, they really hurt because it's rapid fire. Mm -hmm. You get up in the morning and you're like, my God, how many enemies do I have? <laughs> well, maybe I should just be quiet and shut up. I won't say anything. I just won't say anything anymore because it's hard to go through life like that. But you, st but you stood for something. You stand for something. Well, I, and, you know, again, we come back to, like, I, I'm a, a mother. It's important to me to show... You know, it's one thing to say you believe something when it's easy. Um, it's another thing to say you believe something and to actually take action and stand for it. And, and that's, it's important to me to model that for mm -hmm. my kids. That's an important thing. You know, lip service is one thing, but, you, you know, you have to live your values. And that's what we've tried to do here. Um, and that's what's been so important to us. Just to recap, there has been common lies told about Charlotte, Dan's Tap House, and the staff. And so just so we, we bullet point by bullet point, Dan's Tap House, in no way, shape, or form, is anti-police. Never have been, never will be. They are welcome here at any time. Of course. 